is a message from one of our Sunday celebrations. And you can find out more about Jubilee by visiting our website at www.jubilee.org.uk. Joy, you would have heard me speak about them or talk about them. Maybe you would have seen them uh, on the website. And uh, if you haven't looked at them on the website recently, you can do that because it now works on all sorts of different devices, mobiles, tablets, and anything else. So not now, but later, you can check out the new website at jubilee.org.uk. Have a look at that, uh, which is really good. But we often talk about uh, these things that are important to us, loving God, loving one another, loving those who don't know Jesus yet, serving the city, reaching nations. And uh, these are things that are important to us. It's right we talk about that. They help shape and guide what we do and how we do it. But another question that comes alongside this that they help to answer but don't fully answer is this. What is it that we're trying to build in Jubilee Church? What is it that we're going for? What is it that God is speaking to us about at the moment? And that's what I want to unpack a little bit this morning. Uh, and uh, I don't think it'll necessarily be new to many of you. But I do want to highlight some things that we're going for, particularly at the moment, that we feel God's speaking to us about afresh. And the way we do that are, is through the values that I've just referred to. But it's not those things that we're going to be looking at particularly this morning. But rather, I want to ask the question, what is it that we're going for? What is it that God is speaking to us about right now? Why do we do what we do? I'm trusting that God's going to speak to us from his words and from what we look at together. So let's pray and then uh, we'll, uh, we'll have a look at this together. Lord Jesus, we thank you for your presence with us. Lord, I pray now that you would speak to us from your word, that, uh, Lord, you would be speaking to us afresh about what it is that you would have us go for at the moment, what it is that you're speaking to us about, what it is that you want us to focus on and give energy to. Lord, we pray that you would be speaking to us now, even in these moments, even this morning as we sit here, even as we look at your word together. Holy Spirit, would you be speaking into our hearts? We ask it, please, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So what is our vision then? What What are we going for? Well, Sometimes we use the phrase, living out New Testament Christianity in the 21st century. But what does that mean? What does it actually look like? Well, again, if you've been around here any length of time, you'll have definitely heard me speak from Acts chapter 2. It's where my Bible defaults to. When you put it down and open it in a random place, pretty much it will go to there just about every time. If it's not somewhere in Ephesians, it will probably be Acts chapter 2. And I love the description that we're given in Acts 2 of the early church. It wasn't perfect, but it was passionate. And I love that. And let's, let's look at some verses together. Acts 2, 42. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe, and many wonders and miraculous signs were done by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common, selling their possessions and goods they gave to anyone as he had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. 
They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favour of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. It's a great description, isn't it? It's a great description of what was going on there in the, in the early church. But what would an Acts 2 church look like now? What would it look like in our culture, in our day, and in our time? Well, I do think it would look like a church that loved God and loved one another, loved those that didn't know Jesus yet, served the city, served the town it was part of, and reached nations. I do think it would do those things. But what are the things that we're going for at the moment? What is the vision that God is speaking to us about? If these are our values that shape how we are on the journey, what is the destination that we're going for? What is the address that you might plug into a sat-nav if there was such a thing that applied to church life? And what would it be? What would it be? Well, I want to look at some headings. And we'll look at a couple this week and we'll probably look at a couple next week. And all these things we find in the New Testament, you see, we do have a huge vision. We do have a dream that God has spoken to us about. And I think it comes under these four headings that are going to appear magically behind me, seamlessly, at any moment, just about now. Look at that. Thank you. And I think they come under these four headings. Church, presence, kingdom, mission. And if you're taking notes, then they're the four headings that you might want to write down. Church, presence, kingdom, and mission. And we're going to look at each one in turn, a couple this week, probably a couple next week as well. I don't think we'll have time to get through it all this morning, I'd imagine. But what I want to describe to you this, this morning is what things might look like when we get to where we're going. And the exciting thing about the Christian life and the church life uh, as part of that is that as you are on a journey with Jesus, as you progress towards what he's spoken to you about, he tends to enlarge it. So actually, very rarely do you get to a point where you can sit back and go, oh, I've made it all now, it's all there, I'm good just to sit with my feet up, because actually God continually speaks to us, he enlarges our vision, and he keeps giving more to us. And I don't think we'll finally see what it is we're going for, actually, this side of heaven. But that's okay, because as we get to be with the Lord, we have to look back and Look at what he's done in us and through us along the way. But I think these four headings of church, presence, kingdom and mission help to describe the sort of church that we want Jubilee to be. The sort of church that God is speaking to us about. What it might look like, what it is we're trying to build. Now remember the way we're doing that, the way we're going to do these things is by loving God. It's by loving one another. It's by loving those that don't know Jesus yet. It's by serving the city or serving the town that you're part of. It's by reaching nations. So it's not that those things are unimportant. They're the values on the journey. What I want to describe to us this morning is what perhaps a destination might look like. Does that make sense? Is that okay? So that's what I want to do. So the first one I've got here is church. And under each of these things, there are different things that we could 
talk about. So what sort of church do we want to see? What sort of church are we trying to build in Jubilee? What is it that God is speaking to us about? What is unique about us? What is it that God's put on our hearts to build here? Now that's not, please don't hear what I'm not saying. I'm not saying that other churches have got it wrong. I'm not saying that at all. But actually to each local church, God speaks and gives vision. And so there'll be some things that are unique to us that are different to other churches. There'll be some things that are unique to them that are different to others. And there'll be other things that are the same. And it's actually God speaks into each local church and speaks vision and speaks heart and describes the sort of local church that he would want that particular fellowship to be in their context, in their place, in their time, in their culture. So these are some of the things that God is speaking to us about. It's not to say any others are wrong, they're just different and that's right. That's how it should be actually. Because actually the body of Christ is a very multicoloured, <laughs> multicoloured body, isn't it? There are, there are different shapes and sizes and types of local church expressions right across the world. And that's great. I love that. And we're just part of that. But what is it that God is speaking to us about? What sort of church do we want to see here in Jubilee? We want to see a large, strong, vibrant and growing church in the city gathering centrally on a Sunday and midweek in small groups across the city. We want to see many people come to Christ, filled by the Holy Spirit, discipled, grown and sent out on mission. We want to see men and women growing in God, fulfilling all that the Father has for them. We want to see our children and young people coming to faith and growing in God. And they want to see leaders trained, equipped, and released. There are some of the things that God is speaking to us about church, about this church, what he wants us to be going for. So let me unpack some of those things for us and just think about them for a moment. We want to see a large, strong, vibrant and growing church in the city, gathering together centrally on a Sunday and midweek in small groups right across the city. The New Testament speaks about believers being saved and added. They were saved in that they followed uh, a, a following Christ and accepted him as their saviour. They surrendered their lives to him. But as well as that, they were added to a local church. They were built in to a local group of believers. You read uh, through the New Testament letters and the authors write to the church in so-and-so, be it in Corinth or Ephesus or other places, you have a church gathered in a particular place. You see, a personal response to Christ is important, but it's worked out in family. It's worked out in a corporate setting as well. Now, there's a personal response, isn't there, on each of our hearts to respond to Christ. Nobody can do that for you. You need to respond to Christ. You need to decide to follow him. Nobody else can make that decision for you. That's, that's for you to make. That's for you to respond to Christ's invitation to you to follow him. But the way you work it out is with others. It's, you don't work it out on your own. You work it out in family, together, in church in community, the body of Christ. That's how we work it out. 
So our vision is to see something that's vibrant and growing and alive with the presence of God. Don't you want to be a part of that sort of church? I do. That's what we want to be going for. And we, got, we believe God has called us to be right at the heart of the city because we have a vision to reach all of it. Now, actually, part of our vision, I'll come on to this more next week, is to be reaching some other places as well. Right at the moment, we're focusing particularly on Burton. There'll be other places, I'm sure, in days to come as well. But here in the city, in Derby, God has called us, I believe, to be right at the center of it and have a vision to reach all of it. Amen. Now, we could be, we could say, no, we're going to meet in a certain local community. And some churches do that. And their heart is for that particular part of the city. And that's great. We need that as well. But actually, we believe God has spoken to us about the whole city. And one of the reasons gathering centrally helps us with that is it keeps our eyes on the whole place. If we are in a particular local community or an area of the city, very quickly we'll just be focused on that place. But actually God has given us a bigger vision than that, but actually to affect the whole city. And our dream is to see Jubilee grow. God has designed things that have life to grow. So uh, Reuben, our our youngest, came home the other day uh, with a pot that had some earth in it and apparently had some seeds in it. So we were told. And so faithfully, as good parents, what do we do? Well, we put it on the windowsill and dutifully water this thing, thinking, not sure if anything was planted in it, not sure if anything's going to happen. But it's what you do as a parent, isn't it? You think, yeah, they've come home from, I don't know if it was from here or from school, where it appeared from. Anyway, this thing appeared. and So dutifully, we have been watering it. And then suddenly, almost overnight it seemed, suddenly this thing sprung up into life. And I'm still unsure what it is, but we've got something growing on our, our kitchen windowsill. And it's begun to grow and, uh, and sort of take over the, uh, the window, so it seems. It did have something in it after all. But you know what? You think, oh, that's miraculous. It's unbelievable. This thing's growing. But God has designed that, hasn't he? He's designed that things that have life grow. We see that in, in ourselves, don't we? We see that in children. We see that in random plants that appear in our kitchens. Where there's life, there's growth. I don't believe the church should be any different. So we need to keep asking the question, is God's life here? And if it is, then we sort of throw, if you like, flyer on that. So let's give more energy to where there's life. We say, is, there, is God's life not here? Then how do we help bring life to that? Because we want to see Jubilee grow. Does God want to see this church grow? Absolutely. I believe it with everything I have. I've never been so sure of it. God wants this church and indeed others to grow and to encourage us along the way. God has spoken to us prophetically about it. So words from trusted prophetic friends, people like Julian and the team from Horsham that served us recently, all spoke of growth and a fresh expansion to what God wants to do. So I don't think the question is, does God want this church to grow? I think that's an easy answer. The answer is an absolute yes. The question, I think, actually, is do we want this church to grow? Do we want to see this church grow? Do you and I want to see 
Jubilee grow. You see, by growing, we can become more effective in our mission. We can reach more people. We can serve and pastor people better. We have the opportunity for more ministries that serve different people and different communities. So as we grow, we get to do more kingdom things for the Lord. So growth is good. It really is. But it's not without its challenges. That's the reality of it, isn't it? Because as things grow, they change. You may have noticed that with your children. As they grow, they change. And that's true of the church. Things change as they grow. You won't know everybody on a Sunday. You might be in a different small group. But friends, those small sacrifices are worth it if we see more people reach with the gospel. If we see more people come to Christ. If we see additional communities loved and served because we're reaching more people. Isn't that a good thing, don't you think? Isn't that a good thing? So, things that help us on the way are things like having a smiling and welcoming, enthusiastic welcome team. Welcoming guests, those who are here for the first time. Helping them relax and have an enjoyable experience with us. You might think, why is that important? Well, it's important because research has shown that most first-time guests to a church have made up their mind whether to come again well before the meeting starts. Before the band strikes a note or the preacher utters a word. They can be put off very quickly or they can be encouraged to come again just by how enthusiastically they were welcomed. Whether somebody said hello to them on the way in. Whether they were smiled and greeted. Whether they were made to feel at home. Whether somebody spoke to them in the coffee afterwards. Whether somebody said, hey, do you want to come to house for lunch? Or can I invite you to my small group this week? Whether somebody reached out a hand of friendship and said, hi, my name's so-and-so, I don't know you, but are you here for the first time? It's great to see you. Thanks for coming. Those things make a difference. They really do. And so by having a team whose job it is to be on the lookout for anybody like that, and to help them connect with church life, to answer any questions they may have, just to help them know what's going on around, is vital. Now, Rupert's just taken over leading this team just recently. Anna Marie has been doing it for a while. She's done a fantastic job. But a step back for a season, so Anna Marie, thank you for all that you've done, and well done uh, for that. And uh, I just want to... Help us to understand this morning how important that role is. But it's not just them who have that role. Good though they are, and they have the green badges to prove it, actually it's emboldened upon all of us to be friendly, welcoming, hospitable. So listen, if you're a friendly, welcoming, smiling sort of person, then you're exactly the sort of person we want for that team. I'm looking at who's smiling right now. <laughs> you can guess a few, can't you? <laughs> Rupert, go and see T afterwards, okay? Clearly she wants to join that team. But listen, it's not just the team whose job it is for that. It's actually all of us, isn't it? It's actually all of us. It makes such a difference. Personally, I find it hard to believe that there are still churches in this country where you can go and nobody will speak to you. 
It is true. It is so sad, but it is true. Listen, let's, not, let's make sure that Jubilee is not one of us. Amen? So we're not going to grow if we don't reach out to people when they decide to come and say, hi, oh, it's great to see you, and try and connect them into church life and be welcoming with them. So let's make sure that we're on the front foot with that. But as well as gathering centrally on a Sunday, we want to see vibrant small groups in different communities right across the city, building communities of grace that serve the areas they're part of. You see, living life together, as we sometimes say about our small groups, is not just a strap line, it's a lifeline. Living life together is not just a strap line, it's a lifeline. It's a lifeline to those who are part of it. A lifeline of support and prayer and love and community and encouragement. That's what they are. It's a lifeline of hope as well to those who are currently far from God. It's a lifeline of rescue. Rick Warren talks about the church needing to grow larger and smaller at the same time. And by this he means that as you grow a church numerically, you also need to grow your small groups because it's the way that people connect. It's where you make friends. It's where you love and care for one another. To use another of our values. So we want to put some fresh energy into our small groups and to work hard at training and supporting their leaders, equipping them well to lead their groups. That's something that John's going to be looking at uh, a little bit more when he joins our staff team in September. I think he knew that. Um, and Tim was talking about small groups earlier. So if you're not yet in a life group, if you're not plugged into one of our small groups, come and see Tim or myself afterwards or one of the welcome team. We'd love to introduce you to one of our small group leaders and help you plug in and, uh, and be part of what God is doing in Jubilee. You still with me? Still there? So what else? What else comes under church? We haven't even got to presence and kingdom and mission yet. And they're all great as well. Well, we want to see many people come to Christ. Filled with the Holy Spirit, discipled, grown and sent out. Let's be really clear here. We want to see people come to faith in Jesus. Amen? We really do. Now, I love it when people join Jubilee. I love it when God sends gifted and experienced Christians to us. I am the first to rejoice because we need help in the mission that God has called us to. But that's not the aim. The aim is that we tell and show people the good news of the gospel. Loving those who don't know Jesus yet is right at the core of who we are. So making our meetings accessible, and making sense to those who are not Christians yet is part of it as well. Running great events for people to connect and ask questions is part of it. Alpha courses and other things to explore faith are part of it. Why? Because right at the core of our being, we want to see people come to faith in Jesus. Don't you? Don't you want to see people come to faith in Christ? Your friends, your neighbours, your family... Your work colleagues, I want to see them come to faith in Christ, experience the transforming grace of his work in their lives as well as yours. Don't you want to see that? You want to see men and women growing in God 
fulfilling all that the Father has for them. Listen, God has got a purpose for your life. Turn to the person next to you and say, God has got a purpose for your life. You see, it's not disconnected from the church either. It's not that God does something in the church over here and you've got your life over here and never the twain shall meet. But rather, God has got a purpose for your life and part of it is to be connected in to his purpose for the church and what he wants to do in his church. You see, you have a part to play in the fulfillment of what God wants to do in his church, in his church locally and in his church around the world. We've talked recently about some of the prophetic words that we've had as a church, and it's worth reminding ourselves regularly that actually we are the ones that see those fulfilled. It's not another group of people. It's not some organization or other identity that says, oh, they're the ones for, for them. No, actually, it means they're for us together. We've all got a part to play in seeing them fulfilled. So we want to see men and women grow in God and fulfill all that the Father has for them. That means helping you, helping one another, see what it is that the Father has for you. What is he speaking to you about at the moment? What is he putting on your heart? How does that link into what God is saying to us together? I want to see our children and young people come to a faith and grow in God. Those of you who are parents of young children in our frog club or youth work should be jumping up and down and saying amen at this point. You can if you wish. You see, it's part of our vision, isn't it? Don't you want to see our kids transformed with the good news of the gospel? We do, don't we? So listen, we're not just providing a babysitting service on a Sunday morning. It's not that the kids have gone out to another group so that we can do the spiritual stuff. Please never think that. Actually, the kids have gone out to another group so that there's more age-appropriate teaching and engagement for them so that they can hear the good news of the gospel for them, just as we can for ourselves. And we want them to be hearing God for themselves as well. Wasn't it great? Or a few weeks ago, we had some, some prophetic art up on the screen that some of the youngsters had done in the youth group on a Sunday morning. They've been hearing God, praying, hearing God, and responding uh, prophetically. Don't you want to see more of that? And don't you just want to not see it only on a Sunday morning, but don't you want our kids telling stories of speaking to their classmates, speaking to those that they study with about their relationship with Jesus? If you are part of our children's or youth ministry, then you are a vital part of church life, totally central to our vision. Now, most of them are out <laughs> doing it this morning. So maybe we need to tell them that when they come back in. But seeing our kids engaged and growing God is totally central to who we are. We want to see leaders trained, equipped and released. I do believe God has gifted men and women with leadership gifts. It's clear in scripture. It's clear in our experience as well. And so I want to encourage them to grow in what God has for them. Now, actually, regardless of what your gift is, whether it's leadership or whether it's prophecy or evangelism or pastoring or administration or helps or mercy or something else, you want to see you grow in it. 
whatever your gift is, whatever your passion is, whatever God has spoken to you about, I want to see you grow in it and thrive in it. Particularly want to see people grow in leadership gifts. Because as we multiply leadership, we tend to multiply effectiveness. Isn't it good that the church is not an afterthought of the Father? <laughs> it's not that God had some plans for the earth and then just thought, oh, yeah, I suppose this church thing might be, might be good to throw in the mix as well. No, 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 not at all. The church is central to God's plans. Ephesians 1, verse 22 and 23 says this. God placed all things under his feet, under Jesus' feet, and appointed him to be head over everything for the church which is his body, the fullness of him who fills everything in every way. Isn't that good? God placed all things under his feet and appointed him to be head over everything for the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills everything in every way. Now, I know the church is not perfect. I know Jubilee is not perfect. I'm well aware that we don't always get it right. But, is that a reason to give up on God's plans? Is that a reason to somehow disconnect from what God has said is important on the bride of Christ? No way. Now, I know people who have given up on church for various reasons. Friends, don't let that be you. Don't let that be you. Don't give up on what God has said is important. Don't give up on the church. God has got great plans for his church right across the world. And I want to encourage you to be part of them. You to be part of what the Father is doing. What he's doing amongst us. What he's doing around the world in his church. Sometimes we can read press reports, often from this country, and uh, often they say things like the church is in decline and not going anywhere and give it a few years and they'll all have closed down and not be in existence anymore. Actually, I, I don't believe those when I read those reports. It's true of some, but it's not true of all. You look at other reports of what God is doing in different churches, never mind in other nations, but just in this country. Seeing people come to faith in Christ, seeing growth and multiplication of ministry, seeing whole towns and cities touched with the love of God. Don't you want to be part of that? So that's what God wants to do. That's what he wants to do in us as well as in other local churches as well. Now, next time we'll look at presence and we may get, even get to kingdom and mission as well. But let me say this before we finish. If you were at our church family meeting just recently, uh, a week or so ago, you heard me talk about our plans to bring John onto our staff team from September part-time. And the reason that we're doing that is to help us with these things, to help us with this vision. The role of pastors, as outlined in Ephesians 4, is this, to equip the saints for the work of of ministry. Let me just read you the verse. It's Ephesians chapter 4. It says this. 
It was he who gave some to be apostles, some to be prophets, some to be evangelists, and some to be pastors and teachers. Why? It says this. To prepare God's people for works of service, so that the body of Christ may be built up until we reach, all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. See, God wants us to become mature in our faith and the way we follow him. And so he gives gifts of people to his church, some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors, some teachers. Why? To prepare God's people for works of service. So let's be clear, it's not the role of pastors and teachers and other ministries here to do all the ministry. You don't employ a pastor and then sit back and watch while they do everything. That's not what it tells us to do here. But rather, somebody who God gifts pastorally as a pastor is one who equips, encourages, and releases. I believe that John is just that person. And as he joins our staff team and begins to give more time to some of these things, we are able to equip, to encourage, and release more. And that means that all of us get equipped, encouraged, and released more. Why? To fulfill what God has got for us and what he has got for this church. And doing that should release the church more, encourage more growth, in order to help us achieve some of these things we've been talking about this morning. And so I do believe that John joining our staff team is a strategic and important step for us. It's why we're having a special offering, actually, in a couple of weeks' time. Last week of June, last Sunday in June, first Sunday in July. And I want to ask you, as I did at the family meeting a, a week or so ago, to please pray about what you might give into that. And I urge you to give enthusiastically and generously. God loves a cheerful giver. 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 7. Each of you should give what you've decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. And so we're going to have some cheerful and um, generous, I trust, giving. And so I want to encourage you, just over this next week or so, please, please pray about this. Please take this seriously. Please be praying and asking God what he would have you to give. And be cheerful about it and be generous with it. And so for some of you, generous, dependent upon your circumstances, maybe 10 or 50 pounds, maybe 100 pounds. For other, others of you, generous is 500 or 1,000 pounds. For others of you, it's more. So please pray and ask God for you what it is that he's speaking to you about. Please don't go into debt, but do be generous. If you're married, talk to your spouse. Pray about it together. Talk about it together. And ask together before the Lord what it is that he would have you give into this. Because by giving into this together, we're seeking to be obedient to what God's speaking to us about, seeking to encourage growth in the church, seeking to more and more, as I talk about next week, host and value his presence. More and more see the kingdom of God extended 
and apostolic mission advanced. This is what God has got for us, friends. These things, church, presence, kingdom and mission. Some of the things that God is speaking to us about right now. I want to encourage all of us to be part of this and join on the journey with what God has for us. Amen? Can we stand together? I want to pray as we close. Lord Jesus, thank you that you've been speaking to us this morning. Thank you, Lord, that you've spoken to us, Lord, even about these things, that your church, your presence, your kingdom and and your mission. And Lord, thank you that we get to be part of what you are doing. Thank you that you are building your church. Thank you it's your church, Lord, it's not ours. We're just seeking to be obedient to you. Thank you that you are the head of the church, Lord Jesus. You are its senior pastor. And we pray this morning that we will be obedient to what you're speaking to us about. Lord, as you build your church, we want to give you something great to work with. We want to give you hearts that are malleable, soft, and in love with you. Lord, in order that you might be able to do all you want to do here in Jubilee. And ultimately, Lord, in the nations. So, Father, I pray that you'd speak to us, Lord, and encourage our vision. Lord, if it's got tired or dry, I pray you'd speak fresh life into each of us. Lord, I pray you'd speak to us about this offering in a couple of weeks' time. That, Lord, for all each of us, you'd speak to what uh, our hearts as to what we might give into that. And, Lord, we pray that we would see you provide all that we need in order to be obedient to you. Thank you that you're a work amongst us, Lord. Thank you for uh, fresh stories of you working, uh, you, uh, you bringing your kingdom, your presence being with us. Lord, we're so excited to be on a journey following you. Lord, we can't think of anything better to be doing. And we, we pray, Lord, that you would capture our hearts afresh for all these things and for your glory. We ask it in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. Thanks for listening to this Jubilee Church podcast. Feel free to check out our website at www.jubilee.org.uk or come along on any Sunday morning.